What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 68 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Core, week three's in the books. I'm definitely excited to get into it. I think I don't know if I would say week three was better than week two, but we definitely had some good performances. Maybe not necessarily on prime time. I know we're definitely going to talk about those games, but yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, man, another week down of football. And yeah, you got to you gotta cherish these weeks because, hey, you look up, it's going to be like week 10 before you know it. So yeah, um, looking forward to getting into this past week. Cool. You know I'm a stats guy, man. We are approximately 17% through the regular season of the NFL already. <laughs> it's just fine. Like, are you kidding me? But we'll start first. With the two teams that are undefeated, 3-0. I thought my New York Giants could potentially be the third team to go undefeated. Unfortunately, they did not. But we'll start with the Miami Dolphins, who probably got arguably the biggest win this past Sunday, a 21-19 victory over the Buffalo Bills. Core, sometimes you just walk out of a game and you're like, wow, you really don't deserve to win that one. The, the Miami Dolphins did not deserve to win this game. Um, yes, you could be like they battled and they hung in there. They got outgained 497 to 212 yards there was like i was like looking at some stat or whatever only like in the last 100 like in 13 games or something where like the differential was like 200 yard differential was like 275 yards only one other team had won and it was like the dolphins a couple years back and stuff josh Allen throws for 400 yards in the game but the bills lost a fumble they missed a field goal and then late in the game the turnover on downs the bills are really banged up all over the place they're missing a couple corners then one of their other corners went down in the game didn't have micah hyde who is done for the season, I believe. Jordan Poyer was out. They were missing an offensive lineman. Like, they had a guy bump over the center. Stephon Diggs was cramping. Like, Miami is a tough place to play in September because of the heat. And some teams are just, like, not as used to it. And it definitely showed for Buffalo. And when you're on the field for 40 minutes, like their offense was, they were gassed and it showed. And in the end, they just weren't able to kind of, like, get over the hump, which sucks for them. But I'm, I'm not necessarily scared about Buffalo's game i think it said more about miami that they're going to keep continuing to compete i mean they lost two of for a little bit in this game and they were still able to survive their offense obviously wasn't as, as as explosive as it was against the baltimore ravens but i think that's okay and again i think it's just like yeah like i i don't want to see it held the bills offense in check you give up 500 yards of offense but 19 points to the buffalo bills for how good they were looking on offense is a job well done by the defense and it kind of goes to show you miami won week two scoring 38 points and now week three, they, they they can kind of play a little bit of a defensive battle. So maybe they're showing you that they can win in a couple of different ways, which is always a good thing in the NFL. Yeah, I think Miami was a team who, like before this year, kind of leaned on their defense a little bit. But I think after they scored a lot of points on Baltimore and gave up a lot of points, like people kind of hopped off like the narrative of this team having any type of defensive identity. But – Hey, I know they, they did give up almost 500 yards of total offense in this game, but you look up, they only gave up 19 points. I mean, yeah, that's not that's not that many points. I mean, this Bills team, obviously, I, I predicted them to go 17-0. and and What a boy, jinx. Boy, what a jinx, man. That oh, is, my goodness. Yeah, nah. Hey, before I made the pick for week three, I was like, they'll probably lose. No, no, I think after I said 17-0, they'll probably lose to Miami, but – I'm riding with the Bills, and, you know, they go down to Miami, they lose. But, yeah, I, I'm definitely not worried about the Bills. They were completely banged up. And, yeah, I mean, you outgain a team 497 to 212. I mean, you got to realize, like, you do that most games, you're going to win most of those games. Like, it's only the third game of the year, and 
It's just an AFC East battle. I think the Buffalo Bills are still a better team. But I don't know. I think the thing about the Dolphins is like, yeah, like people were hopping all over the Dolphins just because like they thought their offense was like elite. And I do think it's elite. But in this game, like two throws for under 200 yards, Waddle does have over 100 yards. But Tyreek's held to 33 yards. I just think, I don't know. I think I can't, I'm not going to say lucky, but. Yeah, I don't think this is a game that Dolphins necessarily should have won. But, hey, they're they're on to 3-0. and But, hey, I think when these two teams meet again in Buffalo, it – um, yeah, I can't see the Bills losing again to the Dolphins. I think they're, they're the superior team. But, hey, good win for the Dolphins. Like you said, that Miami Heat is no joke. Guys cramping up. But I think this game was obviously there for the Bills. But, yeah, the Dolphins just gritted it out. And got this win, and I don't know how Tua Tagovailoa came back in. If you want to talk about that, like for really quick, like guy clearly looks concussed, and then just comes back in the game. I don't know, I don't know how that was possible to be honest, but I don't know. Yeah, neither do I. I don't. I don't know who they definitely. Like they said they had to like look into that. Then the procedure that went on with that, I, I don't know how he got clearance. I have no clue. But besides the point, you mentioned when these two teams play again in Buffalo, core the spread on that game is going to be like you. Yeah. People are probably going to look at it and they're going to be like, "Oh, it's like seven and a half or eight and a half. Like why? Like, I, and I think they're like I think Buffalo beats them pretty big the next time. It's just another thing about like vengeance and stuff, like kind of uh getting back after this game. So I think Buffalo, yeah, is the superior team. But you're 100 right when you say like the Dolphins, like almost maybe like got lucky in the sense it almost like maybe a little comparison i mean i get i don't know maybe getting a little ahead of myself to like last year's Bengals in the sense that like you know what i mean they're just like hanging around certain games they're the fun offensive team that people want to get behind and, and like yeah maybe they're not like the elite of the afc but through three weeks they're three and oh and they're, they're finding ways to win games last week they won it obviously in a shootout um two weeks ago excuse me and then last week kind of locked down against Buffalo in a game that they probably shouldn't have won. Funny I mentioned that the Bengals, they do play the Bengals this week, so that'll definitely be good. The Bengals got back on track with a nice victory against the New York Jets. So I'm definitely excited to see that game. But, Corey, the other team that is uh, 3-0, excuse me, are the Philadelphia Eagles after their 24-8 victory over the Washington Commanders. Devonta Smith had a big day. Uh, eight catches, over 150 yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts, his second straight game of over 300 passing yards. I think Carson Wentz was sacked about nine times in this game. At the end of the day, this Eagles team is probably the best team in the NFC as much as they – I hate to admit it. They're definitely playing like it right now. I think that in the preseason, it was the Rams, the Bucks, and then everybody else a step below. I definitely think the Eagles have jumped in to that tier. And if Jalen Hurts is playing – at an MVP level, which through three weeks of the season, he is. I know his odds, I think he's like the fourth lowest to win the MVP, which I think is absurd. I know they have an easy schedule, but if, if you're going to get that good of – if you're going to get top 10 quarterback play on Jalen Hurts, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Do I think it's going to continue? Probably not. I just don't think it is sustainable. But I think come playoff time, like there might be – like I said, if, if you're if you're going Jalen Hurts versus Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts versus Matt, Matthew Stafford, yeah, do I think – the Eagles are at like a quarterback disadvantage. Yeah. Like eventually, but like right now, Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. So no, I don't think they are with how good their roster is around him and how well Howie Roseman has built that team. When if Jalen Hurts is cooking like he is, the Eagles are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I agree. I think in this game, it was 24, nothing in half. Eagles kind of like coasted in the second half didn't even put up any points, but yeah, Jalen Hurts right now, certainly playing at an MVP level. I mean, 
I saw him obviously on Monday Night Football. And yeah, he's throwing, he's just playing out there with a lot of confidence. And I think he's a guy who I've watched and he's never a guy who's like lack confidence out there, but I think now like he's just more executing that like right now completion percentage at 67%, um, third in the league in, in um, throwing yards. And I think he's got what three, like three rushing touchdowns, four through the air. He just looks like a different quarterback out there. And I know, He's gone against a Lions team who kind of improved, but I won't say their defense is that good. I mean, the Vikings, we thought were a solid team. Like, if you look at their schedule going down, like play the Jaguars, Cardinals, I'd say the Cowboys' defense is pretty good. I'd say that's maybe, like, true test. I mean, their D-line's better. Then you go down. I mean, the Steelers without T.J. Watt, they play the Texans, the Commanders. Like, this isn't – they just don't have – like, they don't really have that hard of a schedule. I think the whole NFC East, yeah, like, you said this before. Like the schedule for the NFC is like isn't that isn't that bad. So I think their first true I mean they play the Packers on November twenty seventh. I think that um that'll be a test for Jalen Hurts. But yeah, I think right now they're just like really deep on both sides, offensive line, defensive line, just defense in general. And I mean when Devontae Smith's going up there making plays, like we forget this guy was the Heisman winner at Alabama. Obviously, the first game of the year, he had zero catches. I think people were like, "What's good with Devontae Smith?" But the last two weeks, he he's come he's come up big. Dallas Goddard's a good tight end. I don't know this team like they're just stacked on both sides. And right now, I don't think it's like that close. Like they're the best team in the NFC through three games. They just look. I don't know. I think the Rams like they just look more explosive on offense than the Rams, Packers, and Buccaneers right now. I think those three teams. I mean, maybe the Rams not as much. They, but like the Buccaneers and Packers for sure. I know the the, the Buccaneers are missing their two top receivers, even Julio Jones also. But like the Packers, like there's just I don't think those are like really explosive offenses right now. I think Jalen Hurts' ability to run, his ability to launch deep to deep threats like Devontae Smith, even Quez Watkins, AJ Brown is a playmaker. Like just an explosive offense with a good defense. I think yeah, they're a really scary team when clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned, like, the thing about Devonta Smith. And, yeah, you're 100% right. It almost seems like with all these young receivers, and, I mean, the rookie receivers are playing great this year. Devonta Smith in his second year, it's almost like he's getting overlooked and stuff. Like, we mentioned Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. Like, yeah, this was that dude who won the Heisman Trophy. Like, don't forget about him. Yeah, they might have brought in A.J. Brown, but like, he made an awesome touchdown catch. Like, Smitty is still that guy there. And you mentioned the explosiveness. I, I like how you bring that in because you watch, yeah, you watch that Packers-Bucks game – the offensive weapons are just lacking. I know, obviously, there's some injuries, and you're still getting used to life without Devontae Adams in Green Bay, but Philadelphia's clicking, and their schedule, I, I wouldn't overlook. I know Arizona's been playing pretty bad. Going to Arizona next week will, I think, be a decent test. I also think Dallas's defense will give them, like, yeah, a, like, in all right, like, like, I, don't, like, I wish that, that game was in fun. Dallas. I think if that game was in Dallas and Dak potentially would be back in that game, that could be a really nice one, but – even if he was, I still like the Eagles in that game. I just think they're a better team. I think the Eagles, like I said, are cementing themselves as potential – like they're, they're contenders for sure. Don't get me wrong. Like I, like I know, obviously, I don't like to maybe catapult a team that doesn't have like the elite of the elite at the quarterback position, but it looks like maybe Jalen Hurts could be more than serviceable down the stretch. And like I said, if he's playing at this MVP level that he is right now, the Eagles are – the team to beat in the end. If Jalen Hurts is the MVP, the Eagles are the one seed. That's all. Like, that's what it means. That that that's all there is to it. Too. But 
Core, another guy who Jalen Hurts will definitely be in the running for with the MVP through three weeks of the season if we gave out that award, would be Lamar Jackson. Another outstanding performance for him against the New England Patriots in their win. They scored like 37 points. I think the final was 37-26 there. Lamar, 218 yards in the air, another 107 on the ground, five total touchdowns. I know when I picked Josh Allen to win the MVP, I specifically mentioned that I think it's going to be a huge bounce back here for Lamar Jackson. And Core, I think I hit that one pretty good right now. He's Nobody can stop him. Yeah, I mean, through three games, Lamar Jackson clearly playing some type of edge on his shoulder, trying to get that big contract. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at this Ravens team. I mean, they don't really – they don't necessarily – surrounds him with elite weapons like yeah he's got mark andrews at tight ends at tight end rashad bateman at wide receiver one like bateman's a good young receiver but for him to be your number one wide receiver like it's not like he's got loaded weapons on the outside this guy i think i don't know i think i don't think the narrative on him is like bad now i think everyone knows how elite how dynamic lamar jackson is but i think like the narrative behind him sometimes like yeah he can't throw he's just like more of a running quarterback but I know he's not really throwing for that many yards he's throwing for a lot of touchdowns but I mean I think Lamar's throwing has gotten a lot better and I've said this um, in the past on this podcast like he just like he's just a winner and he just like the way he impacts the game I think just has to make him one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL like just his ability to move the ball on offense and get the job done for his team like I think for sure, he's probably like top three most valuable quarterback to his team, I think, or player in general. Like Lamar Jackson, just like I think the Ravens go as Lamar Jackson goes. Like last year, I know Tyler Huntley played some close games, but he I, I don't think he won any of those games. Like he, he did pretty well, but like Lamar Jackson is, is a winner and he like he is this Ravens team. So I think Lamar right now for MVP. I give the slight edge to Lamar over like Jalen Hurts, even Josh Allen. I think right now he's my favorite. He's just playing like he's kind of giving me that that, that 2019 Lamar vibes right now, and he's just going out there and balling. And him and the Ravens are playing a lot of confidence and a lot of fun out there. Yeah, and Lamar's MVP odds. He's currently second right now, according to FanDuel. Josh Allen is rated first. Like he's like plus three hundred. Josh Allen to win the MVP, which is absurd how low that is already three weeks through the year. I mean, Josh Allen's over a 1,000 yards in the air, nine touchdowns to two interceptions. Um, Lamar is second. Jalen Hurts is actually third ahead of Patrick Mahomes, which I think is absurd. I mean, I understand you're trying to forecast, too, that the schedules and stuff. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes, I, I know Jalen Hurts is going for more yards. And Patrick Mahomes still eight touchdowns and an interception. Like, come on now, like. I don't know if we're going that far. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction, having Hurts open Mahomes. There. I think right now, though, through three weeks, I I get why that those are the three favorites. I'm still I'm still leaning with Allen, obviously, as my prediction. I mean, I'd be crazy to jump ship now, but I think Lamar's going to give him a good run for his money. And like I said, I think Mahomes will take. I mean, again, you you don't win an award for finishing third in MVP, but I think Mahomes will eventually jump into that race. I thought that was. Kind of crazy, though. Anybody else, score that you think maybe could, like, jump in? I know Justin Herbert was obviously a popular preseason pick. But, like, obviously I know this is so early and stuff. But would there be a guy who, like, in like right now, who, like, you're letting me be like, yeah. But, like, if we get to week 18 and you're like, you know what I mean? Like, 
this guy really came on in the second half. Because, like, honestly, I, I don't know. I can't really think of, like, well, anybody off the top of my head. Obviously, I'm thinking of Rodgers going for it again. Brady, I just don't see. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't got anybody. Trevor Lawrence, he keeps I mean, going. Who knows? We'll get to him. Yeah. I mean, you look at the quarterback position, I think, right now, those four. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts the top four quarterback in the NFL, but, like, if you look at, like, MVP candidates based on, like, how their teams are doing, I think those four guys kind of stand above everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence could be a solid pick, but, like, you look at quarterbacks, like, I don't know, Russell Wilson really not doing much in in Denver right now, and I don't know. Like, I don't want to say um, Rodgers and Brady doesn't look the same as he as he, as he he um was, but – I don't know. I just don't – I don't really see – I mean, Kyler, if the – like, Kyler does a lot for that team, but I just don't see Arizona being a good enough team. But, yeah, I mean, I like that Lawrence pick. I mean, hey, maybe maybe Tua, if the Dolphins keep it up. I know he didn't really throw for that many yards in um, in the last game. But, I mean, before that, he was throwing for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. But I'll make it clear, like, I don't see Tua Tagovailoa winning MVP by any – Stretch of the imagination. I'm just putting him like in a category to maybe slide up if if the Dolphins' offense like reaches their potential like week in week out. But I mean, obviously Herbert, you got like like Herbert's one of the superstars in this league. I know he's dealing with like some broken rib cartridges or something. But first two weeks of the season, I know he threw for three touchdowns. So yeah, I mean Herbert and I'd say Tua. Are more of my guys, but hey, your your guy Trevor Lawrence also balling. So those three guys, I could see maybe sliding up, but I think these four. I know it's only three weeks in, but I just think how valuable they are, they are to their team and how they've looked. I expect them those four guys to stay up there. Like I don't see any of those guys like falling off this year. And it's also I think like those four, each of their teams are going to win twelve games, so they're going to be relevant come down the stretch and winning big games for their team come late December and January. So only going to play that much more into the voters. So yeah, I would, like I said, I think those group of four, I would even go three and maybe not Hurts out of it, but Hurts deserves to be in the conversation. So I won't rule him out. So I can live with those four there. Cool. I did mention Trevor Lawrence is a guy who, like I said, he's not going to win the MVP award, but let me tell you something. He looks real good. Core 38 to 10 victory over the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I know that they had a ton of injuries on both sides of the ball. They just lost a shot Slater, too, which is going to be a brutal loss for them. J.C. Jackson's a little still banged up. Keenan Allen, they lost Bosa in this game as well. But I don't know, man. I, I said in the beginning like that Doug Peterson was one of my favorite offseason hires, and it's proven like that he's worked really well with Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Urban Meyer was a disaster there. It just goes to show you even how much more of a mess he must have been, like seeing how good Lawrence is now. I think it helped Lawrence obviously a lot last year playing and kind of like growing pains. It just that's just what happens and stuff like that. But 262 yards in the air, three touchdowns. You can slander the Jaguars all you want for their overpays and stuff. But Christian Kirk is becoming a really good receiver in this league. He's not like you know, he's probably not gonna go to the Pro Bowl and stuff, but he is like a, a featured target now in your offense. Zay Jones had another big game. Evan Ingram, too, again, a little bit involved. So, like again, you can. $18 million for Christian Kirk. What are you doing? But you look at some other teams and like their failure to surround their quarterbacks and look what happened when they gave Trevor Lawrence good weapons, not great weapons. Like these are just good weapons right now. So to give Lawrence the opportunity to showcase his ability, I know, like I said, you get the maybe a little over market value, but it's proven to be worth it through three weeks. Trevor Lawrence is taking some big strides, showing everybody why he was the number one pick out of Clemson last year's in last year's draft. 
Yeah, I mean, Lawrence, obviously, coming out of college was the no doubt of the just the, just the first pick in the country and that he was last year. I think, yeah, I he got the he got like the ultimate pass. I think this year, I think the thing about Trevor Lawrence is just like, I think out of college, like he was just the guy who like people looked at and they're like, this guy, he's not going to be a bust. Like he's just going to be that guy. And his first year, he kind of struggled. Obviously, Urban Meyer was a main part of that. But I think the thing about Trevor Lawrence, like, nobody was, like, panicking. No one was like, oh, is this guy, like, going to be a bust? Like, he comes in year two. Mm. He's got six touchdowns through three games. And, and the Jaguars look like a different team. They they hung around week one against the commanders on the road. But the last two weeks, I mean, they beat, in, they beat the Colts, who I had as a playoff team, or – Yeah, I had I think I, yeah, I had the Colts win in the AFC South um before the season and the Chargers who honestly were my my prediction to make it out of the AFC like they go out and they beat two of these teams pr pretty easily. So yeah, Christian Kirk for sure definitely was a major overpay, but he's going out there and he's making plays. So I mean, yeah, like you're overpaying, but if the guys out there producing, like I guarantee you the Jaguars will be alright with that. Like they're not going to be like, "Ah, We could have paid him less money. If he goes out there and he's he's balling, like no one's gonna have a problem with that. But yeah, the Jaguars on both sides of the ball, um, they just look like a good young team who's starting to like actually develop. Like I'm waiting for the Jets to look like that. Like they're a similar team who's like made a lot of moves. And I mean, Zach Wilson's back this week, so like that's when I think the season really starts. No offense to Joe Flacco, but yeah. Getting back to the Jaguars, um, I don't know. I kind of think this team's good. And I know you texted before, like, do you think the Jaguars could potentially steal or, or win this AFC South, just like how weak it is? I mean, you look at the Colts who just got their first victory against the Chiefs, and you're like, all right, maybe the Colts are right. But, like, I'm not going to, like, get in front of the Jaguars. But, like, the Jaguars train, they're kind of rolling a little bit. I think they can make this pretty interesting down the stretch, especially if you get a shaky Colts team and a Colts team that last year, again, kind of, like, they had – they controlled their own destiny and they weren't able to get the job done. So I'm, I'm not going to write the Jacksonville Jaguars off court. And guess what? They, they're not writing back either. They know that they have a good football team. James Robinson looks awesome coming off that Achilles tear. Travis Etienne, too, if you ask me, when he's in the game like, and he takes like the Wildcats, he looks great, too. He looks very explosive. I know he had like that foot injury last year. Devin Lloyd, too, their rookie linebacker out of Utah, looks great. I mean, it just – you're 100% right when you mentioned the Jets thing. They Very similar timelines. I think if you would have went into the season – Last year, like this year, the Jaguars weren't like, we're a playoff team. We're maybe trying to get ready to compete then in 2023. But maybe they are a little bit out of schedule just because they are in a weak division. I think this Jaguars team has potential to win maybe seven, eight, nine games. And who knows? Maybe that will just be enough if they beat the Colts again and they beat up on the Titans. I mean, again, they have an easier schedule, too, because they play the Titans twice, who don't look great. I know they just got a victory. They put the Colts again. They're going to play Houston twice, and they play the AFC East uh, – the NFC East, excuse me. So that's kind of a division that, like, you would think historically the past couple of years has said that there's some games – very winnable games in there. So I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet to put them over the Colts, but come back to me, Corey, if they could beat Philadelphia this week. That'd be that, – that's an unbelievable test. I know they just beat the Chargers, who, I, like I said, I'm very high on them too, but, like, Chargers are really banged up in this one. So yeah. I'll hold on playoff talk, and I'll say – Set, like seven wins is definitely 
envision for them. And again, kudos to the, what they're doing there. Uh, Trayvon Walker as well, too. Their first overall pick, he's he's balling out there. So, I mean, yeah, like good offseason for Jacksonville. Uh, the right guard, too, that they got from Washington, Brandon Sheriff, he's playing real good there, too. I mean, he's helping their offensive line. Like I said, James Robinson's been unbelievable. So, good for him. Core, I'll go with now Trevor Lawrence. Like, where you think he stands? Obviously, I think right, you're right now. The second-year quarterbacks. You know, Mac Jones is technically a pro bowler last year. Real quick on Mac Jones, obviously, he does have a high ankle sprain now. So, unfortunately for him, he probably won't be on the field. But, like, the year two quarterbacks, I know Wilson was also hurt. But, like, you look just like – I mean, going into the year, people were maybe like – maybe Lawrence, like, isn't, like, the clear-cut, like, best out of the group, if you ask me. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, I think, like, through three weeks now, it's, like, a no-brainer. And he's like, all right. Now it's why, like, this is why it was Trevor Lawrence and then everybody else. Like I, said, I know Wilson hasn't played yet, but, like, you look at, like, Fields and stuff, like, Davis Mills, too, you know what I mean? It, it, it's Lawrence versus the group. He's, like, you're in agreement? Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement, I think. I don't know. I know, like, Justin Fields' stats have not been pretty. I don't know. I'm still a Justin Fields believer. I still think he's a good quarterback. I think he's got a lot of potential. But, I mean, he's in a very tough situation, in my opinion. I think, like, he's not in, like, a great situation to succeed by, like, like for himself. I know they're 2-1-1 right now. But, yeah, I'll still take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields. But, yeah, I don't really think it's that. Like, I think there's a, a sizable gap between Trevor Lawrence right now in the field. I think Mac Jones. Hey, I was a guy that had, like, a Jamar Chase um, offensive rookie of the year bet last year. And I was like, how is Mac – like, I know Mac Jones, like, Solid quarterback, but like that guy was not even having that good of a rookie year. That was the thing. Like it was like a decent rookie year. Like he just like wasn't turning the ball over a lot. But I think you talk about upside. It's not even close. I think Trevor Lawrence blows, um, blows Mac Jones out. I think he's the best quarterback among second year uh, quarterbacks here. I mean, you're talking about like upside. I'd put Mac Jones probably towards the bottom of mm-hmm. yeah towards the bottom of the second-year quarterbacks, I don't think. Like, he was a guy who had to go into the good system, like a really good system right away. All these other guys are not really doing that. Maybe Trey Lance, but we're not going to see Trey Lance. Obviously, he's hurt. Obviously, he's hurt. But, yeah, I would put Trevor Lawrence above all these guys. But, I mean, yeah, he was the number one pick. But, yeah, I think he's better than all the second-year quarterbacks right now. All right, that one I thought I think was a pretty easy one, but I'm going to one up it right now. We'll go to a couple of the third-year quarterbacks. I won't say Burrow yet, although I think maybe you could have a debate after Trevor Lawrence after year two, give, give him the full season there. I won't say Herbert yet. But what about the other two, the two who are 3-0 and right now? Tua Tugavailoa and Jalen Hurts. Would you take right now Trevor Lawrence over both of them? Or would you take one of the – like, who are you taking out of the three? All right, I'm taking I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Tua. Honestly, I, I like Tua. He's a lefty, but – I don't know, I'm not really like sold on Tua Tagovailoa as a really good quarterback in this league. So I'll take Trevor Lawrence over Tua, but I don't know. I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's showing a lot of confidence. He's throwing the ball really well, and his rushing upside is better. I know Trevor could Trevor could run, but I mean he's not like Jalen Hurts. So I'm a, I know you're not gonna agree with this, but <laughs> I'll take I'll take I'll take Jalen Hurts over Trevor, but Trevor over Tua. That, that's fair. That's fair. I will definitely take Trevor Lawrence over both of them. I think that obviously, if like I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm taking Hurts just the way that they've catered his scheme to it. But yeah, I just think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than him. 
I'm going to continue. I think there are a lot of other, like there are a lot of quarterbacks that I would also take Trevor Lawrence over it. Cause I just think it's one of those things that like, it, I think he could just do so much. You know what I mean? Whereas like, like he can create a lot of plays that like just not a lot of other quarterbacks could Derek Carr core. I know he's, he's had a tough kind of start to the year. He's still taking Derek Carr over Lawrence. We're, we're just going this year. So we're not going obviously forecast the next five years. If we're forecasting the next five years, Trevor Lawrence and taking over a lot of people. But Derek, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins will go. We'll throw those two together. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over both of them. Mm-hmm. I like I like it. I like it. What about Prescott? Dak. <sighs> healthy, like healthy Dak. I think I'm still going to lean Dak over, over Coop- right now. Right now. But Cooper, Cooper Rush, you're taking over, right? Because obviously, no, I'm kidding. But Dak, Dak, I'm still taking through. I don't know if Lawrence isn't there yet, too. I think Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr could definitely be like debatable, too. I would I have no problem if you would have said Lawrence under both of them right now. But I don't know. He, he's balling out. And who doesn't like, I mean, we see so much, too, how like these young quarterbacks, like they can just like get so, like, like improve so rapidly. So, like, you start, you start to see the promise and you're like, you kind of want to get on it early. You know what I mean? Because then you could be like, yeah, I was one of the first truthers there. I was one of his big supporters there. But enough for Trevor Lawrence talk, but he definitely deserved his shout, obviously. Like, obviously, he was this hyped-up prospect and stuff like that that struggled last year. But, yeah, he's really coming into his own. Doug Peterson revenge game this week, too, against the Eagles. Oh, boy, wouldn't that be something if Peterson could kind of throw this Eagles team, like, off their off the rails a little bit? It's, it's a big test for them, though, and, and for Jacksonville as well, so. We'll have to wait and see what happened. Core, I'm excited to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what I was not excited for, like was not excited about the primetime games from last week. And I know my New York Giants played on Monday, so of course I love that game and I'll watch it. But core for a national audience, not a great game. Daniel Jones was under pressure every single play. He had Sterling Shepard and Kenny Goddard drop back to back big plays for, like that would have helped move the chains and stuff like that. I guess uh Cooper Rush was the other quarterback too. I know Cooper Rush, good game though. CeeDee Lamb dropped the wide open touchdowns before he made an awesome touchdown grab. But you know what I mean? Not crazy exciting. Sunday night was brutal between the oh, Denver Broncos and the San Francisco. Just actually disgusting. Like if I'm a Broncos fan, it is the most disgusting two and one feeling that I've ever felt. They haven't scored more than like 16 points in a game. They just paid a quarterback $250 million or $240 million on top of trading two first round picks, two second round picks for him. And they, like, the, 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 as a Broncos fan, you might as well be 0 8 at this point. That That's the feeling that you get. And the 49ers, too. I, I, I just, you watch that game. I rationally can't believe people actually thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was better than Trey Lance for this year. That, that's all I have to say. Just watch that game. I know they had to, like, kind of like fix the offense. Like, getting together real quick because like obviously they had a lot of packages and with Lance and the run game and stuff like that. I know Elijah Mitchell's hurt and Jeff Wilson's not the same back, but still it, it, they lost Trent Williams in the game. Yes. Bad core, just bad. I mean, you get the, the Thursday night game was all right. Like in comparison, the Thursday night game was incredible, but like you watch the Thursday night game too. That was another kind of like, I don't want to say snooze fest, but like, you know what I mean? It just, it just, just wasn't good primetime football this week. Core. A little disappointing. Definitely the Sunday night game. Um. Yeah, I turned that game on, probably in like middle end of the first quarter, and yeah, that game was. Just... <laughs> and it probably took you a half hour to see a first down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think, yeah, the thing about the Broncos, I don't know what it is, but Russell Wilson just doesn't look like the same quarterback. I know he's got to get affiliated 
he was on um yeah he was on he was in Seattle for a long time. He's got to get affiliated, but I mean he has like solid weapons. Um, I don't know. I know Jerry Judy was like banged up a little, but I think he played in this game. I mean Cortland Sutton looks like to be the go to guy right now, but I just um think about the Broncos too that just so disgusting is these guys just hate to score touchdowns. Like, you know what's awful about this game? Like, hey, I'm a kicker in college, but, like, dude, the highlights of this game were just, like, special teams. Mm -hmm. Downing punts. Yeah, literally downing punts was the highlight. Like, I I was, like, looking on Snapchat. One of my my friends posted, and he's, like, they really got the highlights of, yeah, like specs. He called like yeah, like specs, like specs highlights on primetime football. Like it was just so bad. But I don't know. I want to believe that the Broncos are going to be able to like turn it around. Like you could like the thing about the Broncos is they have not played good at all through three games. You look up, they're still two and one, a disgusting two and one. But the offense got to get it going. I think their defenses look solid, but I don't know. I think Jimmy G. For the 49ers, running out of bounds in the back of the end zone, really not a good look. I don't know. I just think – I think both these teams right now, like the way they're constructed coming into the season, I think expectations or like ceiling was potentially like getting to a Super Bowl. And I don't know. I just think like right now both those teams, I mean, especially Jimmy G, a quarterback, I think Jimmy G will still get this team to like – playoff caliber team but like I don't think either one of these teams I hate to just like be off recency bias but like I just don't think either one of these teams like you look at the top like I think the Bills are still the best team in the AFC and the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC like I don't think either one of these teams are really close right now but if I had to pick a team who I think could elevate their game higher to like the best team in the conference I, I'd go with the 49ers I think the experience like the confidence of being there a few times like I could see them doing it but I don't know Denver I'm kind of like starting to slide off them a little bit to be like a top team in the AFC despite being two and one but yeah I would kind of lean as um the Niners to be like a little bit higher of a ceiling yeah I'm in 100% agreement I think also maybe part of the reason is not only are do they have a superior coaching advantage but like we kind of see the Niners like what they can do with Garoppolo yes and maybe isn't like win a Super Bowl obviously as we've seen the past couple of years but like they're they're gonna at least figure like they'll get back to like doing what Garoppolo does well and like they'll be sustainable you know what I mean this the Broncos too obviously yes I understand like new head coach new offensive coordinator and stuff like that with Wilson it's it's gonna take a little bit they played Seattle. They played Houston, and the 49ers defense is great. But, like, not really – you know what I – like, it's going to get harder to schedule. It's definitely going to be. So, I, I'm, I'd am i be terrified. Like, it bothers me so much that I pick Denver to make the playoffs, like, over a team like Miami. I think Miami's better than Denver. By, like, I, I think I, – and it also doesn't help that if you ask me, Nathaniel Hackett is just not – like, I just don't think he's a good – like, he's not going to last long in Denver if you ask me. I don't know. I just think he's – Get severely outcoached. The defensive coordinator though, did a pretty good job this past week. Core another team, obviously on like Sunday night, like on Monday night football, that I thought maybe a lot of teams wrote off a little early. The Dallas Cowboys, man, like I know they their offense were really bad week one, but they were playing one of the best defenses in the league in Tampa Bay. And I know Dak's hurt. Cooper Rush is two and zero without him beating a Giants team that had some promise. Like they were two and zero, and and it was in the Meadowlands or in MetLife now. 
And they beat a Bengals team, obviously. So their defense is just too good for them to be irrelevant, if you ask me, in the NFC playoff picture. You look at teams like the Saints, the Panthers, the Cardinals. I believe all those three teams I just listed are one and two. Dallas at two and one with that good of a defense. I mean, I, I didn't take them to be a playoff team, but they're going to hang around because of that. Like, if you ask me Dallas versus Arizona, like, I'll lead with the Dallas because of how good their defense is. And, like, their offense, like, they, they just have, has to do enough. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I don't think I'm getting that complimentary football from Arizona, if, for, let's just say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what I wanted to talk about. I think people were, like, really quick to write off Dallas after week one when Dak Prescott went down. But this was a team two years ago, I remember, yeah, the beginning of the year, their offense was pretty electric. I mean, you had C.D. Lamb as a rookie, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup even Dalton Schultz, like this team was putting up a lot of points and the problem was that they couldn't stop anybody. But I think now, like, yeah, your offense really is not as explosive. You don't have your quarterback. Cooper Russ doing a, a more than serviceable job, though. But I think this team, yeah, I want to say it before even you even say, like, I don't think this team will ever be, like, irrelevant just because, like, they could lean more on that defense now. I think Micah Parsons obviously – I think he's a top five defensive player in the game, I think. Um, the D-line, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence was back. I know the Giants on line's not great, but they were getting to Daniel Jones like every single play in that fourth quarter. Um, a lot of like pressure just generated. And, yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb is a wide receiver one. Like, that's pretty legit in my opinion. I think he can get open a lot of, a lot of times, like, him is like I know you don't like they don't have like Amari Cooper anymore, but like Lamb stepping into that wide receiver one role, I think is like good. Like he's a good wide receiver one. And Tony Pollard looked pretty pretty explosive, to be honest. Like pretty, pretty shifty, pretty quick out of the backfield. Just a pretty good gadget type player. So yeah, I think Dallas, even with Dak, I don't I think I saw something like he could come back next week. But this defense, I think, is I would say, like, the top third of the league. Like, I think they're a good defense. I think Dallas can kind of lean on them. And I wouldn't even say, like, weather the storm. Like, I think – I don't know how long um, Dak's going to be out, but I think you look at the schedule. Like, this week they got the Commanders. I think they can win that. I mean, the Rams, obviously, a tough game. Eagles, tough game. But then you get the Lions. I mean, I don't know. I feel like their schedule is kind of harder than some of the other teams in the NFC East. But – I don't know. I think the the Dallas could. I don't think they could win this division, but um, I think they could stay around and compete for an NFC wild card spot. I think even without Dak Prescott, how long he's out, like the defense is that good to keep them relevant. Yeah, I think maybe you undersold them. You said the defense in the top third of the league. I would even go even higher. Like I think you could argue that this defense is a top five defense. They got playmakers on all three levels. I know. Trayvon Diggs, too, should have honestly had a pick six against Daniel Jones. The ball went right through his hands. But he did seal the game with an interception, so good for him, I guess. But, yeah, this, this Dallas Cowboys team is definitely going to hang around because of their defense. And you know the old saying, obviously, that like defense wins championships. So good for Dan Quinn, obviously, a guy who got passed up on some head coaching jobs in this past cycle. I mean, if he keeps us up, he will definitely be hired as a head coach next year. Obviously, the former Atlanta Falcons head coach who blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Core, we'll move on to a couple of bad coaching decisions. So maybe Dan Dan Quinn will be um 
maybe uh, he's not taking any of these jobs because I mean these are pretty safe coaches if you ask me. But three game score saw a couple three bad coaching decisions. We'll start with the Packers and the Bucks. You you tie the game with no time left. Russell Gage makes a nice touchdown catch. Tom Brady brings it back in. In a game that core, you were all over the under. You were 100% right on it. That game, we mentioned that like, the offenses just don't look explosive. Like, not looking explosive is an understatement. Like, those two teams need to get right. And they'll get, they'll be fine. But I, like, they leaned on their defenses. But to take a delay a game on a potential game time two point conversion is just something that absolutely 1000% can never happen, if you ask me, especially for it to happen with Tom Brady. It's a little upsetting to see. The Kansas City Chiefs, they miss a field goal with Matt Amendola, who's in place for Harrison Bucker, and they fake the field goal in this game. I just don't understand why you're faking field goals. I, I, I think it's the worst play in sports. Why? I'll just leave it at that. Why? You're the Kansas City Chiefs. Why, why are you faking the field goal? And Dan Campbell, who coaching the Lions, was going for it a bunch in – the game against Minnesota, they're up three, and he's attempting a 54-yard field goal with under two minutes left. I also, like, to go up six, I just thought, like, there's just no point in that if you ask me. And if you miss a field goal, which they did, you give them the ball almost, like, on the opposite 40. So, like, it just doesn't do you any good, too. So, Corey, I know I just kind of went, like, out of the three of those, like, which one did you hate the most, I guess? Because all three of them were ugly. All three of those, maybe not up there with Hackett and his 64-yard field goal decision, but they make Hackett not look that bad, I'll tell you that much. Maybe Andy Reid's, I think, I mean, the fake field goal isn't as bad as the other two, if you ask me, but I don't know. I just thought, like, all three of those teams lost the game, the Lions, the Chiefs, and the Buccaneers, and, I mean, you could point I mean, those are huge swing plays in the game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate a fake field goal. I mean, maybe when you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have... Well, you know, I mean, first of all, I'll cut you off. You what? don't hate the fake field goal because you're a kicker and that's your glory. Are you kidding me? You want to throw something or you want to run it, Corey. That's biased. I'm calling biased. Yeah. I know it's biased, but I'm saying like – If Justin yeah. Reed was kicking, yeah, just roll the ball back to the kicker and let him run. Who's the punt today? Who's, who's Townsend? Tommy Townsend. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to roll out to the left with Tommy Townsend. Really? I mean, I Come on. I didn't see it, but I was just saying like, I got yeah, it. I, 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 yeah, yeah, no, the, the idea of it, I don't really hate because I feel like when do teams really run a fake field goal? Like I could, I could accept the creativity in the, in this, in this aspect, but when you're, I mean, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, the only thing is like, yeah, you, you don't need to be like trying to steal points when you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly. Like, right, yeah, you can go down, you can get points with, with your offense. Like if you're like a weak offense, like if the Steelers were like, yeah, let's go run a fake. I can understand it because they struggle offensively. But uh, the other two, like, yeah, to take a delay a game when clearly your offense, you're not throwing like your yards per play pretty low. Like you're not completing any big plays and eight yard, like, well, yeah, eight yards to get to the end zone. Like it's not that much, but when like. You have no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, no Julio Jones. Like, you just don't got much big play, like big play potential. It's only eight yards, but, like, it just – eight yards for the Bucks in that scenario, it just felt like, oh, my God, like, feels like a lot of yards, even though, like, eight yards is not a lot. But, like, it just felt with, like, the playmakers they had. Like, Russell Gage was your guy. Um, it just felt like more yards. And in that scenario where it's a low-scoring game, 
and offense is tough to come by, I think, yeah. It's a tough penalty to take. I'd say that's worse, but I think, yeah. Dan Campbell, I mean, Austin Seibert, I mean, if it was like Justin Tucker, I guess I could live with it. But like Seibert, I think on the road, on fourth down, maybe take a delay a game penalty and just punt it deep, try to pin these guys. I doubt these guys are putting up a touchdown where they have no timeouts left with like that like time left. And if they do, I mean, you tip your cap, but I think you put confidence in your defense, make them go to full field. Like hopefully you pin them like 10, 15 or in, like they got to go 85, 90 yards. And Hey, if they end up kicking a field goal, like you go to overtime, you live with that. But I think to send a kicker out there who, I mean, he probably says like he should have made it, but 54 yards is a deep, deep kick. If you miss that, like, they're starting with good field position. I like Dan Campbell, like, just have confidence in his kicker to make that a six-point game. But at the end of the day, yeah, definitely backfired. And you punt it deep, I think, at worst, you're going overtime. Like, I don't see them marching down the field and scoring a touchdown. But now, I mean, you end up losing that game. I think they were – that was a game the, the, the Detroit should have won. Like, they were up most of the game. Justin Jefferson gets locked up by Jeff Okuda. Credit to him. I just think, yeah, that's just a classic Lions loss. Like, I think their team who've actually been competitive. Um, like, the Lions just got really bad luck. We're just going to talk about that. Like, these guys had a 66-yard field goal last year drained on them. Like, I don't think Justin Tucker really hit, like, the guy's the GOAT. But, like, 66 yards, like, I don't think he's making that against that many teams. Like the Lions just have unfortunate luck. Like they're actually like them, maybe the Falcons too, like two of the unluckiest teams in football. But yeah, I think taking that field goal, you knew once he missed it, like somehow the Vikings were going to win that game and they did. So I think both those plays are worse, way worse than the fake field goal. I agree. I definitely do agree. But you're, I, I do like the way that you like brought up like stealing points. Like, I think what made it so much worse for me that it was the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, your offense are like, the Pittsburgh Steelers could afford to be pretty and try to steal points because their offense isn't as explosive as Kansas City. But besides the point, not like Kansas City was moving the ball like crazy that in that game against the Colts, but they were pretty fine. And, like, they were ugly in the beginning of the game, too, Kansas City. Like, they got off to a slow start, and, like, then they finally got something going. They were, I'm pretty sure they were up in the game, too, when they did the big field goal, which makes it that much more questionable. But with that being said, Core, these coaches, they got a chance to redeem themselves this week. We're going to make three game picks this week. I think these are three awesome games. Starting on Thursday night, core, we slandered primetime games. We really did. The title of this episode is going to be slandering some primetime games. This one on Thursday night, the Dolphins traveling to Cincinnati 3-0 to play the Bengals. Bengals four-point favorites in this game. The battle between the two top quarterbacks taken in the 2020 NFL draft, Joe Burrow versus Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously, they battled it out in that crazy college game, LSU versus Alabama. They still got that firepower on offense. Like I said, the Bengals are four-point favorites in this one. I'll start with this one. I think the Dolphins at plus four, it it just looks so fishy. No pun intended. But there's just no way. And it makes, like, it's a good spot for the Dolphins to kind of come back down, like kind of like almost like a trap game and stuff. Like, Like, not a trap game, more just like, that game was an emotional win against Buffalo and maybe a spot they necessarily didn't deserve to win. Now in a short week, they're going to travel. The Bengals got got right by beating the Jets this past week. 
I'm going to go with the Bengals minus four. I think it looks a little off too. So that's why I'm going to side with that. And I think that the Dolphins do get beat. I think that, do I think the Bengals have like the secondary to kind of slow the Dolphins? Not really. I guess we're going to see, but yeah, like I said, at, at, at the end of the day, it just comes down to I think the, like I think the Dolphins, like, I don't know, plus four, like that 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 doesn't sit right. I think it should be closer than that, which is so, which is why I'd go with like why I'd go with Cincinnati. Yeah, personally, I think there's. I know some guys are questionable. Tua and Waddle are questionable, but I don't know. I think the spread should probably be about Cincinnati minus one and a half, maybe two. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think it should be under a field goal. Like, I think the fact that it's over three is kind of fishy. I think Dolphins are three and oh. I know the Bengals are your reigning ASC champs, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely siding with the Bengals in this game. I expect the Bengals to 100% win. I just think the Dolphins coming off a game where they, like, they, yeah, they, they got out gained by over 200 yards and short week. On the road in Cincinnati, a team who's one and two back at home. I just think, yeah, I expect Cincinnati to fall out. I think last year, last week, their offense kind of got clicking a little more. I think they they aired the ball out more, let Joe Burrow put the ball in his hand as long as the guy has some time to throw. Um, I don't know. I think the Dolphins' D line is solid, but I think Burrow, if the ball's in Burrow's hands, like they have one of the best wide receivers trios in the league. I don't know if you can name many better than that. So I expect the Bengals to win this game. I'll take them to cover minus four. And uh, yeah, I, I like the Bengals in this one. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. It's just not, to, not sitting well with me, like the number. But I will say this, Tyreek Hill versus Eli Apple. Tyreek Hill is throwing a little shots at him. I hope, I, like, I hope the Dolphins win this game by 20 points, to be completely honest. But I, I just, I don't know. I, do I think they're a better football team than the Bengals? Yeah, I just think the Bengals are getting them in a good spot, especially to the, the games in Cincinnati. That definitely will help. Another real good game, core the Chiefs, one-point favorites against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't inadvertently do this, but I think all three of the games, score that we're going to be picking are in prime time because I'm 99% sure this is the Sunday. Hey, I mean, it has to be the Sunday night game, right? Obviously, the weather yeah. that's going on in Florida, specifically in the Tampa area with the hurricane, emotions will be high. For the Buccaneers, I'm not 100 sure if the game is gonna be in Raymond James. I'm sure, probably. Like I know it's supposed to be coming down like really today. So yeah, so we'll see if like everything's able to like, be okay. If not, then maybe they'll have to play like it might be a neutral site game or something like that. I'm gonna flip my pick for at the end of the day. It's just a hurricane game. I, I I don't know how I'm gonna go. I have the Chiefs circled on my paper. No, you know what? I'm not getting caught up. I'm going with the Chiefs minus one here. I think the Buccaneers, if they get Godwin and Evans playing, it's a different story. But the Chiefs coming off a loss, the Buccaneers, their offense has just been really, 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 really throw as many more reallys as you want on their bed. Brady, like it just it's been it's been difficult. I think the Chiefs can lose two straight games here. I just don't like it. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs minus one here. I hate I just can't believe I'm going against the city in a hurricane game. Uh, I saw this line at like two or two and a half earlier. I think, yeah, for sure. Getting back, Godwin and Evans, I think, makes this a better game. If those guys didn't play, I'd gladly take, like, Kansas City minus, like, two and a half, minus three. But I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to take the Chiefs in this game. I think the Chiefs definitely a better offensive team right now. But I, 
this is, I don't know, I, I find this kind of fishy for some reason. Like, I just think the Bucks have not looked good through three games. Like, I think through three games, the Kansas City Chiefs have definitely looked like a better team. I know it's in Tampa. And, like, I don't know. Like, this is tough. I don't know. I, I want to – I think the Chiefs – honestly, I think the Chiefs are too easy. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win the game. Basically, I'm not really having that much reasoning because I think the Chiefs are a better team. I just think it's a little bit of a fishy line. And I remember when they, these two teams faced off in the Super Bowl, I uh, – yeah, let's just say I lost a decent amount of money when I took the Chiefs. I know this is a regular season game, but – I think some Tom Brady has not looked the same as he did last year, like throwing wise. But let's let's say getting Godwin, I think Godwin's back. Yeah, Godwin and Mike Evans back. Let's say it helps him, and I think the Tampa Bay gets the win here. Yeah, I think the only reason why, like, their defense has been so good, Tampa Bay, that it's almost like tough. You know what I mean to have them as like pretty decent underdogs. So that that's all. I mean, their defense is averaging nine point, like giving up nine points a game. That's absurd. Night. So can they will they keep Patrick Mahomes in check? I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely a big test on the wide receivers though there in Kansas City, though. This is definitely a big step up for them and what they're gonna have to do and try to like I know Carlton Davis, like the top bowls will play a lot of man coverage there. So it, it's a test for Kansas City's guys to really step up. But their defense, Kansas City, if you actually look good against Herbert. So I don't think that like it's necessarily like Tampa Bay is gonna be able to shred them in the air. Um one last thing I'll mention on this game. If it has to get moved out of Tampa, it will be played in Minnesota. So do okay. what you want with that information. The Monday night game core is a rematch of teams who played three times last year. The Rams travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. The 49ers are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Another line, if you ask me, that looks maybe a little suspect at first glance, especially after you watch the 49ers on Sunday night football. But then again, you remember last year, 49ers beat them both times in the regular season. One of the games was definitely on Monday night football too. And it was ugly. I think it was maybe Odell's first game. I want to say with the Rams last year was on like that Monday night football game against the Niners. Yeah. Don't exactly quote me about that, but they lost them in the playoffs, the 49ers, the third time they played. (sighs) Yes. With a week of practice, like they'll be able to get back doing what like Jimmy's, thrives with but there's I don't know I can't I can't watch that team I know their defense is so good and maybe the Rams offense isn't like where they were last year but there's no way I'm backing the 49ers offense there so I'll go with the Rams here a plus one and a half and to win the game and I think a big big loss too will be Trent Williams because he's out so yeah I'm I'm not getting behind the San Francisco 49ers offense and I'm a big 49ers guy too I remember last year actually I think I went against the 49ers in this exact spot, and they proved me wrong on Monday Night Football. So maybe they will because Shanahan seems to have McVay's number, but I, I don't know. I just can't do it this year. I'm definitely curious to see um, 49ers' game plan to kind of limit Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup honestly only had like 40 receiving yards last week against the Arizona Cardinals. I wasn't necessarily sure if like Byron Murphy was shadowing him or maybe they were, they were probably bracketing him, but – I'm I'm curious to see what they do there. I know Demeco Ryan, the defensive coordinator, just had a great week against the Broncos. So yeah, I'll go with the Rams though as my pick, minus one and a half. I just think like uh, plus one and a half and to win the game, of course. So yeah, that's my pick there. Yeah, I think I forgot Trent Williams did get hurt, but I don't know. I still think the 49ers bounce back. I think Jimmy G. I know he did not play, he obviously played really poor last week, but hey, I'll still say like this is still a guy. Ooh, if you look, I don't know, I don't know off the top of my head, but like his career record in the NFL 
has to be like at least really good. Yeah, I'm gonna say like yeah, the guy. Okay, yeah, I said Lamar Jackson's a winner. Lamar's obviously a way better talent than Jimmy G. But like Jimmy G does win football games. I think he needs like a good defense to help him out. I think he's got that. I think this defense. I don't think you shut down Cooper Cup, but I think you they kind of like contain him more. I think they contain this Rams offense. This is a game I kind of like the under. I could I don't know what the number is, but I could see the. I don't know. I could see the 49ers win this game by a score of like 24 to like 13 ish. Like, I think this is going to, I don't think the Rams score that many points. So I'm going to take the 49ers to bounce back after that Sunday night loss. I think back at home, I like them to win this game. I don't think the Rams are the same team as last year. I think the last two weeks, you played the Falcons and then a Cardinals team who really, right now, is not that strong. So I think. This is another tough test for the Rams after that um, week one. They got blown out by the Bills. I think the Niners get the job done at home. And, uh, yeah, I think they cover one and a half and win. All right, Clark, because I was searching it up real quick while you were talking as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, 31-15 and 15 as the 49ers starting quarterback. I mean, this kind of gives – like, this is why I think the line is the way it is. Six and on his career against the Rams. One of them was in, like, 2017 when he came over at the deadline. But he beat him twice in 2019, once in 2020 as a starter, wasn't, was hurt the other time, as well as in 2021, only played him once, beat him. And then um, last year, obviously, that doesn't include the playoff game. So I should say really 6-1, and one, but 6-0 and oh in the regular season against him, well, including twice last year. One of the games is like um, in week 18, so it's like in 2022, yeah. But, I mean, kind of think about that. It hasn't lost him in the regular season, so maybe that kind of explains that. With that being said, Quay, that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the default underscore. Like I said, a real good slate of games and prime time games th- this week. Th- there's a lot of pressure on you this week. Live up to the hype. There's three real good ones. Hopefully we see some good games. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.